at my signal. Unleash hell. You are tuned in to the roundtable right here on PSN Radio and YouTube. Well, this is uh, another episode of the Epic Roundtable talking about Star Wars and how to fix what went wrong and what we thought went right. Let's start off with uh, the streaming technologies. Uh, You know, there's a whole lot of options now for folks and I think it might be a little too much. So let's start there. What do you guys think of uh, all the options we have now? Especially, you know, when we talk about streaming technologies, not just Netflix. Uh, or, you know, or Hulu. Look at what Disney's done with the incorporation of Fox and and Lucasfilms and all the stuff they've brought in. It's amazing the kind of catalog they've put together, isn't it? I still think Netflix is going to win at the end of the day because if you could revive all the old properties. Yeah, but the problem with Netflix is uh, you, they have to create original content from now on because yeah, sure. if, if all these players are getting in the game having their own streaming services disney with plus and hulu i mean they have two on their own so that's that's huge and they bought the fox who network might be a threat? so who was a threat though now i i give it that who who might be a threat who's going to be the the winner in the end of the day because they have now incorporated all the fox uh, like hardcore movies yep including Anything R-rated that's going to be Marvel is going to be done through Hulu. So all the, yeah, the yeah. series will go right through there. Not only that, we're getting Punt, we're getting Punisher, Daredevil. Yep. We're getting yep. all those shows back. They're all going to Hulu. Yeah. The ones yeah. Okay, that's another Hulu. question. That, that that's another that's a question. I don't think Feed is going to do that. I'm not going to lie. I don't think Feed is going to return those Netflix shows. That oh no, they already announced that Daredevil is coming back with the same actors. Um, that that's already been. That he, been he, he just, Charlie Cox is definitely going to come back. He's dude. He didn't want to leave that show. Are you kidding me? Like he cried. No, I'm not saying me. No, 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 no. I love the listen. You know, I love the MCU show, the the Netflix yeah. show. But the way speech is like he's trying to put more into those Disney Plus shows, like Winter Soldier and Loki. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I take the Daredevil show any day over. Them shows weak. I, I, I'm not be funny. I mean, only show that probably would be cool probably is Winter Soldier at best. Maybe I, I could care less about that Loki show and uh, the the shows that they got Moon Knight. I know it's gonna be because you know it's gonna be too connected to those uh, Marvel movies. So the yeah. Netflix shows are darker. I hope they put them on Hulu. I'm one of the people that support that because those are the main books that you know I've read anyway. So Johnny's read them, Zaju, you know everybody's read the Punisher, Daredevil, Luke Cage, and the rest yep. of them. But you know I don't know. Because they, they shut down too many departments over there. So that's why I said DC got a chance to kind of capitalize on some of that. What Marvel is fuck up could they maybe be their, uh, their product possession. So if they're doing that over there on a Hulu, I mean, on the HBO Max, you know, because they got a fan base, you know, they, they got yeah. people that want to see the, 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 what's that, the Snyder Cut, the Green Lantern, I don't mind seeing. Um, so DC got kind of an opportunity. To kind of rectify themselves, because Marvel, I, I'm kind of like Marvel. I'm done with Marvel right now. MCU stuff. I'm kind of, you know, they've been putting out shit that I don't even like right now. So I'm not really messing with them at this point. You know, they've just been. Yeah, um, but that, that's where all the money is now. All the money is on streaming and stuff. It's the future yep. is streaming. So, so really, the the whole idea is for all these companies to take all their best stuff 
and put it into the putting it into their streaming services. So they need all the content they can get. So that's the reason why now you have all these you're gonna have all these options. You can it makes perfect sense doing that with Star Wars, where they're like they're freezing all the movie news about whatever they're working on. I think they they have already have a couple of movies planned, but they're not seeing anything. So I think what they're gonna start doing is you're gonna start seeing where they're gonna start like doing movies that are set post the trilogy that just came out, whereas in all the streaming shit we're going to get is going to be pre and within the trilogies. Meaning well, from they, what they, I hear, they're going to use they're going to use a lot of these shows to basically retcon a lot of the stuff that happened in those yeah. movies because those movies were so divisive yeah. that they, because the stream and like you, and the point that you made about the about they can do a lot of stuff in secret. That's exactly what's going to happen. They're going to do a lot of stuff. Oh, I guarantee you they're, they're doing up. that already. I mean, they could, they, right. especially Disney, nobody, they could shoot, they could shoot that, movies. Nobody had an, any idea about Baby Yoda. Come on, man. No, not, not <laughs> only that. Look, Lucas himself had, like, hours and hours, and I think it was, like, over, like, two or 300 hours worth of, like, footage shot for the uh, Star Wars Underground TV show that he wanted. And it's all yep. sitting there. And he even said that, like, oh, you know, we shot all this footage and probably the rest of the light of day. And it's, like, edited and with CGI and all kinds of shit. Some of it leaked on the Internet. And I was like, holy shit. It's just, like, you know, a couple of scenes of Stormtroopers and, and shit. Like, but it looked like a legit show, like, with special effects. The, you know, the scenes where they're walking in the city of Coruscant. You could see, like, the robots floating in the background. Like, real, you know, really well done shit. I'm like, why don't they, like, edit all that together and put that on somewhere? And then I started thinking, I'm like, probably doing just that. That's what they leaked on the internet so we can get ready for it. So when they announce it, like they did with the Clone Wars revival, they could be like, oh, by the way, since you guys like that, we're going to do this. And bam, we're going to get, like, a George Lucas, you know, headed TV show with all this footage. George Lucas is back in the fold creatively for Star Wars. So that'd be the perfect way to get back in there. That makes sense, and I'm a, I agree. And I was gonna comment on something Jack will say. That's what, what he said is right because that Star Wars Underground show. I've actually followed it online for at least sixteen, seventeen years. So I've been hearing different things like coming. I think that Disney already plucked away some ideas from that Underworld show. Like for example, they used some concepts from that show for the uh, Clone War cartoon. Like, they use that, what was uh, Force Whitaker's character's name? Um, oh, I can't remember his name right now. That for was, Resistance uh, or for uh, Rebels? For which one? Sog, 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 Yeah, so Sog is created for that show. A lot of people don't know that. You, you can look it up online. But uh, yeah. George Lucas created Sog. And so what they did was, because their show was about to come, when they kind of canceled out on the show, they gave stars a backstory for Clone Wars, and then they made an older version of stars in uh, Rogue One. And then you can kind of see stars throughout um, that, what's that, Rebels. In Rebels, they got a lot of good episodes with stars, too. And one more, you see stars again in that new game that they got, this, the, the last Star Wars game that I had bought it a couple of months ago. Uh, damn, what's the name of that game? But the kid that played oh, the Joker. Um, Fallen Order? Yeah, Fallen Order. Uh, so I was in it because um, Forrest Whitaker, he requires his role up in there. So a lot of those concepts from Underworld was used um, in some of the movies, like Rogue One. 
Rogue One is actually an episode from Underworld. A lot of people don't know that. That's actually a little episode. So, you know, they use a lot of different concepts. So I think that you guys are on to something. They have stories with Leia. You would have seen a young Leia up in uh, that show. You'd go see a young Han Solo. Again, we don't know the really deep Pacifics, but they kind of threw some things out there that was public. You would have seen more Leia stuff. You would have seen more... Uh, you know, they did too bad they made that, that crappy Han Solo movie because you got a lot of, you could have got that through Underworld or, or Disney Plus show. So I think a lot of cultural films oh, shot yeah. out. But, but there's still, like you said, there's still more. And I'm glad Lucas mm. is back to all those fanboys out there too. I'm, I'm going to address them real quick. Man, forget y'all. I'm trying not to use prophetic because I know you're going to put this on YouTube, but forget y'all, you know, because George Lucas is the creator. That came from his mind. It's not a comic book movie. It's not some adaption. This is little Lucas's mind. So anybody out there saying they hate Lucas and, you know, Lucas shouldn't be a part of it, just, just come on, man. Lucas was the man that knew what he was doing. So that's all the thing I'm going to say. Thank the maker, George Lucas. You know, oh, it's, yeah. fun, it, it's funny you say that because, uh, it, you know, fanboys are the most, like, hysterical bunch. You know, when the prequels were out, they hated his guts. As soon as he sold the company, they were like, oh, he's cool, you know, he's all George. Then the sequels came out. They hate the sequels. Oh, we wish George was, you know, back and in charge. Well, you guys hated him literally enough that he sold the fucking company. Now you're begging him for them to return? Yeah, well, now I guess he's, yeah, well, apparently from what I'm reading, he's back, so yeah. we'll see what happens. That, well, that, that, that initially, that was, you know, what he thought was going to happen. Like, when he sold the company, he he, he knew he wasn't going to, like, be the, the creative force behind it, but when he sold the company, like, he even said that, you know, in in an uh, interview or somewhere online, they, they talked to him and he said that, he initially thought they were going to use his concepts and he was going to be right. involved in the the overall process, not directing it because he didn't want to do that anymore, but he was going to have some influence where they went. And then they exited all his ideas and they just went completely the opposite direction. When he appointed Kathleen Kennedy, why, one of the reasons why so many fans hate her now is because she said she was going to be in charge of the legacy and she was going to honor what he created, which included the story treatment for episode seven, eight, and nine. Which, as soon as they got on board and they bought the company, they were like, uh, "Yeah, George, uh, thanks, but uh, we're going to do our own thing." And they threw out his ideas, which is funny. They, you know, they did that because essentially they kind of did his idea anyway. They just didn't do it the way he put it in the script, because his idea right. was to focus on the younger cast with the female lead and have, you know, like the antagonist be related somehow, but he didn't want to have almost, I think in the, the original concept that he had, had none of the original actors in it, and it just focused oh, on the no, new they cast. Had, oh, they, had, they had some of the original actors, they had the original... That's not what I heard, I heard, I, I heard it was like, it was, it was seen through the eyes of like the Wills, and like they were only focusing on them and like the main new cast. With a, maybe a cameo from like a Luke or something, but it was well, mainly was through, through the eyes of the Wills. supposed to be training the Jedi. That was always... Right, to be but that would be like some background shit. 
because the main focus is going to be like through the vision of the wills. So it's going to be the first time you see the like a trilogy, not through the eyes of Luke or the or the rebels, but through a different set of eyes. You're going to see through like, what the wills see the galaxy. That was like the whole idea. So you might see like pop up of, uh, like what's going on in this part of the galaxy with these heroes from the past or something like that, but it wasn't necessarily the main concept or the storyline. And and it was going to be focused more on a younger cast that are going to be led through, like, the Force by the wills of the Force. And that's going to be introduced to what that actually is. Because, you know, we have, you know, the legend of, you know, the people that know or the diehard fans about the the legend of what the, you know, the wills meets Guardians of the Will. And all that shit, you know, like, what that means to Star Wars lore. We've heard it, but we don't really know what it is. It's like the, 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 you know, the, uh, Falcon doing the, the Kessel run. We heard about it for years, but we don't know exactly how it went down. And then we saw a shitty solo movie that ruined the entire mythology there, so. But Lucas' mm-hmm. idea was to actually show us what the wills were and have the entire trilogy be seen through their vision, their eyes. And that was kind of like where he was going with the script. And that's what, you know, when they, like, decided to do the trilogy, they're like, yeah, no, we like the idea of the young girl and the the new cast members, but we're not going to do it through the eyes of the wills. And that was, like, the main thing they tore up and threw out of the script. That's why you have similarities, but it's not, like, the way he wanted the script to go. No, it's not, no, yeah, it's nothing like that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Nah, and it, and it became, and you know what's so funny about that, that you said I agree, I, I, I believe that that's what he's going to do. One of the things that was missing from this trilogy in the last movie was they didn't build another, another mythology. You see, Lucas had so many different ideas when he did the original prequels and the tri- yep. original trilogy. He used, like, historical stuff. He used Hitler. Cause you know, the Empire, Black Thing Empire is based off Germany. Everybody knows that. Uh, they based off Richard Nixon, you know, he used historical stuff, ninjutsu, samurai, and that was missing also in his last bunch of movies. I, well, I, you know, it, I it, it wasn't really missing because even like, uh, Hux was like very Hitler-like when he gave his speeches. Well, the like problem, him. the well, problem yeah, was is, cool. the, the problem was like, they, it's not like they, they didn't try it, is that they repeated the same kind of like mythology yeah. from the original. So when you say it, you're like, oh, there's something new because, Hitler is really done, like the Hitler-esque, you know, the Stalin type of storyline that was done in the originals and in the prequels. So you're like, okay, well, what's new about these bad guys? They're, they're acting nothing. almost the same way. So it's like they, there was no, there's nothing new about what they're doing. And, and if you look at, like, Kylo Ren, he's like Darth Vader light. You know, it's like, yes. you know? Well, I feel sorry for him. I, you know, I feel sorry for Kylo Ren. I mean, listening and playing his character, because he's absolutely... I, I remember years ago, we did a... I don't know if I was on a show or not, whatever show I was on, but I have to look it up. You have to find it. Well, I said that I liked Kylo Ren back when they did Force Awakens. I thought he was a really hardcore villain, but then as time went on, this guy here, you know... And once they brought Palpatine back, that just... He just that just ended, that ended Ren right there. <laughs> Once Papa T came back, that was like, okay, that's, this is the end of, of Kylo Ren right here. That just ended everything. Once they brought him back, because Kylo Ren was still developing as a character and a villain for this 
trilogy and once the emperor came and then he had that other character so i can't think of his name right now there's uh, the other one he he's a carryover that villain that was under kylo ren that was oh um, the Snow. empire oh Snow. no 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 the, the, the human the human guy that was in the last movie that was uh kissing um emperor yes. ass, the one that was bound what was his name i'm trying to think I can't think of the oh, movie yeah, that, that right was now. that uh that uh his, his some British actor that was Grant yeah. whatever his name was I I can't remember his name but yeah he was supposed to be like a holdover character from the original Empire yeah yeah so they they once they did that I just think Kylo Ren suffered and I think that they forced too many things in there I know Jackal he he you supported that part with the Emperor and you called it years ago. But, you know, once they did that, that just kind of made Kylo go deep into the background. He's not really a cool villain, you know. He did. Kylo could have been great, though. You know, he could have been a great, a great, great character. And, like, mm -hmm. the problem was they just didn't, you know, they just didn't give him enough. I mean, Adam Driver's a good actor, and they really could have made yeah. it work. He barely he spoke in the movie. Like, he hardly right. said anything. Right. Like, right. How, do you have, how do you have an actor who could win an Academy Award in your movie, and you keep him silent? Like, like okay. this is a perfect time to have him be dramatic and, and, and you know, chew up some dialogue and... And do like you know, like the Darth Vader thing without having the the awkward mask on, and be like a you know, like an actual villain you could you know sympathize for. Like they could have played it off so like you know. And I was I'm with you there. Like in Force Awakens, I thought it was a good like you know platform the way they did it, because you, at least it sets up the character in a certain way, where you could see they're going in a direction where you can be like, okay, the next two movies will flesh him out more, and you're gonna see the character develop. The problem is that middle movie fucked this character up. And, it did. It, it did. and then, then the third movie had to rush, you know, to get to a point where, you, and, and now you, you're trying to like end the trilogy where the, like, the third movie feels more like a middle movie than the end of a trilogy. If you watch yeah. the, the sequels, The Last Jedi feels like the end of the trilogy. Whereas yeah. Rise of Skywalker feels like the middle of the, of the trilogy. It makes no sense. Like, it, literally, it makes no sense whatsoever. You can kind of reverse those two movies a little bit. You know, a yeah. little scene editing, you could reverse those two movies and it would be like, yeah, the, the Rise of Skywalker is the middle and Last Jedi is the end. Yeah, <laughs> which even by the title makes perfect sense. The Force Awakens, uh -huh. The Rise of Skywalker, and The Last Jedi. That would make more sense in the way it's, you know, now The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and The Rise of Skywalker. Like, yeah, there's going to be uh, The Last Jedi, but then they're going to rise again in the next one, like, the fuck did he, what was the last one about then? What the hell? Yeah, because it, it, it just, again, and, you know, the machinations, the way, like I said, Snoke, when he killed, like you said, the middle movie really messed things up, and then he had to rush and say, okay, Snoke's a clone, or wherever he was, and uh, the Emperor was behind it the whole time. Didn't mind it, had they kind of expanded on it. And one more thing, too, that Disney did stupid, by the way. And they had the Emperor speaking on Fortnite. I, I mean, come on, man. You took the coolest speech, the coolest villain speech you put on a damn video game. I, I didn't mm. get that either. A lot of fans were saying the same thing on the Fortnite. When they, yep. they, that speech, when you read the little words, and then you can hear the speech on a video game. I'm like, why did they just put that in the movie? You know, yeah. they, it just a lot of stuff didn't make sense to me. That, that speech was able to match the movie, that evil speech in the, in the Fortnite game. I'm like... Why the, shit, why the hell wasn't that? Be, because in, in they didn't have the movie. 
because they had the idea, like, halfway through the production, of, oh, oh, let's throw in the uh, the emperor because we have nowhere to go. Because they, they didn't really think about it. Remember, that this was kind of done that as uh, they went along. They didn't have, like, a story arc or a right. finished they'll, they'll idea. They'll try to make you believe that the idea was to bring the emperor back all along, but that was not the idea from the No, no. No, it, it was, was it was my idea of how it could be done and be done epically well, but they they completely like even butchered like how to bring him in and shit like that's for sure. I like that he's in the movie, but I don't like I I didn't even like the way it was set up. Uh, I do like the way that they introduced him, like that he's kind of like this disfigured, mangled little piece of torso. Because it's kind of like how Anakin did it, like a torso with, you know, no legs and one arm. And he, yeah. they, that's kind of like how the Emperor ended up, but he was so powerful, he was able to keep that part of himself alive. I don't need to know, like, they don't need to, like, explain to me, like, I'm some kind of child, how he managed to keep himself alive. That, you keep that in secret, I don't care about that. Why? Because it's all part of mythology anyway. It's, you know, like, he's there, okay, that's enough. Now, that's cool that he showed me that he's all fucked up and and all that. But to leave that to the very end and like, have it rushed right through, that was that was stupid. Like, if you're going to bring the Emperor, you bring off, him in died, the middle. He died, then to top it off, he died the same way that he died, you know, through, you know, in like how he was, like, the whole thing with the Force, you know, with the Force Lightning thing. You would think he would have just stopped using the Force Lightning. Yeah, it was, it was like, what's the purpose of bringing him in? You're gonna, like, do that with him. Like, that's fucking right. stupid. I mean, he would, he should know already he can't do that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he could have been executed a lot. If you're like, you gonna bring the Emperor in, which I, I'm 100% behind, because I, I love the idea, you bring him in in the very first sequence. Forget about adding scenes to Rose Tico that she's not needed. Take her scenes and give it to like the actual character development with the Emperor and people you actually need in there. So the very first sequence when you're coming out of space from the the text crawl or whatever should have been going to Mustafa or wherever the Emperor is located at his Empire Palace or Castle or whatever and show him from the very beginning and then show all the like the clones of Snoke and see the very first five minutes from his point of view. So you can understand that, okay, this motherfucker is behind everything, and now it makes his storyline more important, but if you just shoot him at the last five minutes of the movie, you're like, what, wait, what the hell? You made him the MacGuffin of the movie, like you made Luke in the first one. Yep, exactly. That's, and you actually, you treated him better, because he actually said something, where Luke said nothing, like he just turned around like, they should have played that song. Don't turn around. And you know another part that was cheesy too was when Ray had all the voices talking to her. I'm like, y'all, not everybody yeah. knows those voices. Not everybody watched Rebels. Not everybody watched Clone Wars. Not everybody. I just thought that was cheesy too when they did that with Ray. And you well, got fanboys on my that they shot. The scene that they shot actually showed all the Force ghosts. They just didn't use the scene. That would have been they could have used that. Yeah. Well, they even that would have. Yeah, but even that would have been kind of silly because she didn't know any of these people. So that would have been like a little. That would have been a little bit too much. I don't mind the like 
that as much. I really wish they wouldn't have used any Force Ghost voices because she didn't know any of these people, first of all. She never met Anakin. Nope. She never met, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, she doesn't, they don't know her. She doesn't know them. She, was she knows so, Luke. She was so overpowered, though. That's the thing, man. I mean, she was the most overpowered character in Star Wars history. They, they, they really could have easily, I mean, it's not hard for me to believe that she would know who these, who these voices are because she was so powerful in the Force that, you know, that's like the last thing I would have a hard time believing. You know? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I'm just you know fanboy nitpicking. You know, like what I would have done differently. Like for example, uh, if you want to keep Luke alive, even though they killed him, the the last Jedi, there's ways around that, and it takes no they more than two seconds. They could have made it all a projection. They could have said that Luke's entire his entire existence in those last two movies was just a projection. No, even, even, no even, even, even better. Forget about the projection. Remember that, um, that JJ said he wanted to tie the, you know, everything, the trilogy, everything that we've seen so far, then this movie's going to tie it all together. It really didn't because he ignored nope. something that was done on Rebels, time travel. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the, remember the, the world between worlds, the, the hidden, you know, part of our existence, the, uh, the caves that takes you to those locations. Yeah. Okay. Well, like, I don't know if you guys saw my chat on this, but I, what I would have done to make Luke still be alive when he vanishes in the last Jedi, he's not like he died or even became one with the, the force is that somebody from that who was literally in that, you know, pocket of uh, space and time, reached in and pulled it into that world within worlds. Because if he followed Rebels, like when they were walking in the corridor and you could see the images of, like, the the vortex when you walk in and you're in that timeline, you could reach in and pull people into it. You know, you could walk through it and you'll appear in that world, like just, you know, appear or vanish. So literally, like, it could be like somebody sucked, sucked him in. My idea would be like, it could have been like Mascanada. And this would have been her secret and why she's important to this trilogy is because she is one of the wills. That's what I would have gone with her character. And she is one of the wills which is overlooking the entire universe through there. And then remember when she tells uh, Ray or, or Finn or whatever about, oh, no, it's Han and Finn, when they ask about how she has the lightsaber, she's like, that's a story for a later time. Well, the reason she's able to have it is because she saw it as it was falling when they cut Luke's hand, and she grabbed it because she was in the world within worlds. And her job is to make sure the storyline stays the way it should be within the the code of the force, and that's the Bible of the force. You know what you Everything just said right now? I just, what you just said right now, I just had an epiphany. What if that's the way they decide, how they decide to retcon some of this shit? When that's the easiest way to do it. Star Wars shows on Disney Plus. That could be how we end up getting, how we end up getting a lot of corrections to this shit. Yeah. And, like, literally, like, her job would be to, like, correct mistakes within the timeline, and that's how, you know, now you make her important. So within, like, literally, like, five minutes of the first, of the movie, 
and that two-hour movie, in five minutes, you explain how Luke is alive, how important Masconada is, you tie in Rebels, you tie time travel into the storyline, you bring in, look what I did in four or five minutes, you bring in the, the theory of the world within worlds, which is now canon, Anyway, you do something J.J. loves, which is working on time travel, so you're working right in his alley. Now, why is Luke brought in by Kaz? Well, she'll tell him, well, we need you because in this part of the galaxy, within the next five years, Kylo Ren is going to go on this crazy uh, you know, mission, and the galaxy is going to suffer these terrible losses because you weren't around because everybody thought you were dead. We need you to jump. Five years into the future, remember those first two movies were done back to back with no time jump. So, like Chilton Luke, you need to jump five years into the future and save the galaxy one more time. And then you could have Luke and he shows up and they're like, what the hell? We thought you were dead. And it'll be like, in, kind of like in a sense where Lord of the Rings, you see Gandalf the Grey come back. Well, this is Luke the Great, you know, kind of like thing. And he comes in and uh, he saves the galaxy. And then he dies in, in the real canon at that point. Because eventually you gotta kill him off, right? That's the whole point. You gotta be out with the old and with the new, right? That's it, uh, you know, to so give the next generation their shot. So you could do that at the, if you want. But at least you keep, you know, everything canon. That would make sense. Oh, that'd be good. It's all in universe now, so they can do it. Yeah. And you know what, though? That, that, would, that would be a, a cool idea if they would have used that, though, the time travel angle. Because then, like you said, you could have fixed some mistakes. That would have added something new to the mythology. Because that's what was missing, I believe, when they did this new trilogy. was That's why Mandalorian is so successful, I believe. Yep. Because Mandalorian created something new. They created Mandalorian is they're saying that you're going to see original trilogy characters pop up in Mandalorian. Oh, by the by the way, also this would have answered how the Emperor is involved because you could easily say that as he's falling in uh, Return of the Jedi, he is so powerful in the Force. Part of the reason he was able to like you know stop his own death was because he knew a way to to go into that world within worlds without going into one of the cave portals. He literally had the uh, power to open a, a portal. As he's falling down, falls right into the portal of lands, boom, right into the world within world. Like, literally, like, the falls like an inch drop. He doesn't even feel it. So, like, he can land on his feet. And you can say, well, remember the explosion when he's going through? The, he's just seen disappearing and there's, like, an explosion before the Death Star explodes. Do you see, like, that rise of, like, the vortex? That's actually the vortex that he created to go within the world within the world. They could easily explain all that in five minutes, and they could have an entire two hour and forty minutes or whatever of them, you know, doing the rest of the movie. And you could have the emperor. You could have answered everything in the first five minutes. Yep, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. And you know what? It's funny about that. Go ahead, Zach. Sorry about that. That's why. That's what I'm saying. It's all. That's what I mean. When they, when they, if they want to, if they're going to use the TV shows to start retconning stuff, there, there's their, there's the way that they can make those connections and corrections through time travel and through other creative storytelling methods. I mean, it's all. As I don't long know. As I don't know what you in universe. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know why they didn't do that. I mean, I really thought that was going to be when I heard JJ say he was going to connect everything. I was like, okay, they, they're probably going to incorporate time travel. It only makes sense. And even people that I was talking to, like my friends that are with, you know, in the movie industry that, that 
have a little bit of tie-in and a little scoop here or there. They're, you know, they all agreed when I would talk to them. They're like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. One of them told me that he thought that would be the direction they, would, they were going to go with. One of the storylines he heard of had involved time travel. So, and then they didn't even do that. So they nah. ignored time travel altogether. And I'm like, how do you do that? I, that's what you could tell the, like, the movie company. Because remember, this is a shot by Bad Robot with J.J. Abrams. That's his production company. But this is where you can tell there's a disconnect between them, Lucasfilms, and the story group that is in charge of putting together the storyline for the actual canon of Star Wars. Because even when you watch the, the, the sequel trilogy, there's certain little things that they did in there. They kind of, con- it's not retconning it, but it contradicts a little bit of what they're considering the new canon for Star Wars. So I'm looking yeah. at it and I'm like, like the, 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 what do you call it, what they did in the Last Jedi with, uh, Purple Hair Lady, uh, whatever her name was. She's so bad, I forget her name. Uh, what she, I didn't you know, about yeah. What, what, what is it? You're talking about Haldo? Oh, yeah, yeah, Holdo, whatever her name is. Holdo Maneuver or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Yeah. the light speed move that she does. That's nowhere anywhere in Star Wars. Now, like, they they added it as canon because of that movie. And that's, like, literally, like, that destroys the purpose of having a fucking Star Wars with other ships. The Holdo Maneuver, whatever they fucking call it. That's so stupid. If you can do that, what's the point of having even, like, rays and guns and anything on any of these ships. Just <laughs> get a ship and fly through one of these big motherfuckers and you're good. And and by the way, it's stupid that she had to go down with the ship. Like you tell them you have ships to space and they never created autopilot? <laughs> they got autopilot on our vehicle. <laughs> I have that in my fucking Volkswagen. You don't have that in a galaxy far away where you have ships flying in fucking space? You need somebody to sacrifice their life? You can't sacrifice a droid or something? Like, get a fucking R2-D2, I don't care. Like, BB-8, fly this ship, make yourself useful for once. You know, like... That good for BB-8. At least BB-8 would have had a meaningful arc. You know, like... They wasted the droids, like, it was stupid, like, they, they, they kept wanting to introduce new little, like, cool, cute robots. Fuck the little cute new robots. C-3PO, R2-D2, I want to see them. <laughs> and you know what's so funny about that? I'm glad you say that. That's why I give a shout-out to Rogue One, because they added to the mythology by giving us dangerous robots for the Empire. That was something we really didn't see, uh, except for, like, in the Clone Wars, uh, we've seen like the separatists with with droids, but we never got to see Galactic Empire. And in the game, the video game that they came out with, that's canon. You got to see more of those dangerous droids uh, that's super strong. And there was with the, you know, that was an added mythology. But once you got to this new trilogy, like you said, you got too many cute robots. They they added really nothing to kind of, they just added nothing. You know, they just made movies. And I think it was Ego, too, from Bob Eager, by the way. Bob Eager had Ego. He was like, I can make Star Wars better than the creator. And 
my people, and that's what it looked like looks like to me. By the way, it's like I could make Star Wars better than Lucas, and you see what you got right there. Only like I said, only thing that's still Star Wars is Rogue One, Force Awakens a little bit, uh, Mandalorian, you know, and Rebels. They feel more. Star- and Resistance is okay, by the way. I know people keep ranting over Resistance. Resistance is okay. You know, it's not the best either. I like Resistance, uh, the cartoon. That it was goofy. It was. It was. You know. Uh, Made to be for kids, but I, I like the you know the characters like Taz. I thought that was a cool character. Um, I like that there was no force use in it. It was kind of cool to see that in the in, still in the Star Wars universe, but nobody really used the force. I like where they introduced Kylo Ren in, the, in, one, of, in one of the last episodes. They actually showed him in there. Um, they did a, a couple of really cool things that tied into the mythology. But one thing they did with that, with I really liked, they didn't disrespect the mythology. Even though it's no, for kids, I give them even though it's for kids, they kept that up to like where the canon is now. Like everything you see on the Resistance, it ties in to what's happening in the movies, what's happening with the story arc, the overall storyline. They respect what, what's happening without like deviating from it. It sucks that they're canceling after two seasons because you know fanboys like geeks and gamers well, and. I think I thought it got canceled Bitchy. because they're doing new, they're doing new stuff now that's gonna fill it up, fill it in even better. So like Resistance ran its course, like they're doing new stuff. Yeah, but gonna... they could have continued for the kids because it's a kid show. Anyway, they could have continued for a few more seasons. But the reason they 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 initially they stopped you know having ideas for a third fourth season was because of the initial like bad reaction on the internet before even the first episode came out. People are, like, bitching about, ah, it looks too cartoonish. It's a cartoon dick. Well, yeah, but it's too funny. It's for kids. Yeah, but I'm an adult. Well, you, you forgot that you were a kid when you saw Star Wars for the first time, you asshole. Well, yeah, but that was a long time ago. Well, that's the point. <laughs> to have kids fall in love with Star Wars so that when they get to your age, they're still fans. So you have to have something for them. Enjoy it or not. Can I say this real quick? You know what's crazy? I believe kids don't like Star Wars like that. I think they like Avengers more than Star Wars in 2019. Yeah, uh, yeah. Avengers is the, is the Star Wars for this generation. But that's because there's nothing catered to kids in Star Wars that calls and draws their attention. If you watch the original movies, they're more catered to 80s kids. And seven of these kids, which are now older adults. So if you're going to do a trilogy of new movies with the old actors, they should have made the, the, the sequel trilogy start off really focusing on the older fans and giving them that, the return feel while indoctrinating new fans by introducing new, new characters, but still have the uh-huh. first or the new trilogy right on the back of the older, you know, the, the older cast members a lot more than they did. That way you can have the passing the torch be a little smoother. But, you know, if you're going to introduce a whole new generation, that's the only way you're going to get the the kids to love it like they do the Avengers, by having things that are geared towards them so you can indoctrinate them for years. Because for years we only had the original trilogy and we had the the prequels, right? What, 20 years later? 
and then we had a, yeah, a gap, okay. and then we had a gap. We had a few years of the Clone Wars, and now what do you see a lot of the like the teens who really love the Clone Wars. Why? Because there were kids when that was on the air. Yeah. So you have you have now more love for the prequels because the Clone Wars they filled in the gap for the kids. So when they saw the prequels, they were like, "Oh, cool, Anakin." Now Anakin is cool to the kids that are see, like older adults. See, now that's what Disney Plus is going to do for the new for the new generation. It's going to fill in the fill in all the gaps and stuff to try and make the sequel trilogy respectable somehow. I don't know. They're doing it. The only way they could do that is Mandalorian. Mandalorian would have to fill that in. Mandalorian is Mandalorian is something for is something for us though. Mandalorian yeah. is yeah, for true. original Star Yeah, but Wars but Baby Yoda is like uniting everybody. That's the thing. <laughs> it's for real. <laughs> Baby yeah. Yoda is like Star Wars savior. Like literally like that's gonna save the franchise. That one yep. character. Yep. Baby Yoda. Yeah, and you know why? Because Yoda's so popular, just a regular Yoda character, so popular. Yeah. And then what's fascinating is the origins of Yoda. So, you know, I, I don't know how they go. I don't know if they're going to do that or not. Oh, yeah, yeah, they are. They're going to do it. They already said it. They're, they're going to, uh, not probably uh, early on in season two, but by either the middle or by the end of the season, they're going to start going towards the origin of where this baby comes from. And you're going to find out the name. You're going to find out where the parents are, everything. I heard that Luke is going to train this this baby. Possibly, but I don't even know. I don't think so. Going to be doing Jedi. Luke is going to be doing Jedi Academy shit with with like that. The like the Mandalorian is going to try to get try to bring is going to bring end up bringing Baby Yoda to Luke's Jedi Academy somehow. Maybe, but. Jedi Academy and, and Luke Skywalker and all that's going to appear in Mandalorian, so I don't know. I don't know. I, that's a possibility, but here, here's where I think that might not happen. Uh, Mark Hamill has very publicly said that he's done with the character, he's done with Star Wars, and yeah, he's come out being negative got, about the two directors. If they really have plans to do that, where they're going to actually make Luke Skywalker, they're going to basically redeem Luke Skywalker and make him, uh, make him like how he was in the original trilogy. You really think that Mark Hamill would be allowed to go out and say, "Oh yeah, I'm coming back and I'm going to be on the Mandalorian"? And we're gonna no, but he won't be it. as negative. He'll be more positive than like recently. He actually, makes it shit trashy. dude, everybody's being negative. Even the even the regular cast members from this movie, John John Boyega, is shitting on Disney every day. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like it's it's. Because he's Everybody. done with Star Wars, they're all done with it. Like they don't, yeah. they, they don't want anything to do with it because they they, they understand their characters like not fresh. Look, I liked the, the two of the three movies. I thought they were decent and good, and and I didn't like the Force working until it sets up. You know, even though I I will say I, my main complaint is that it was too JJ esque, meaning that the way it was cut, it was too quick. The cuts are too fast-paced. You didn't have enough time to enjoy like the scenery. The one thing that's great about the original trilogy is, and and even the prequels kind of fall into like this is kind of like one of the the filmmaking mistakes, where they rushed everything a little bit too fast, and they didn't like, take time to sit back and enjoy like actual dialogue, for example. Like one of the great things about like Return of the Jedi, for example, is the dialogue. Where Luke is talking to Leia about their their heritage, 
and he's having uh-huh. a conversation about her mother and, and like how she kind of remembers her. Which later on, like you, when you look at the prequels, like how the fuck does she remember her? She died at birth, but you know when you watch Return of the Jedi originally, you never question that because you didn't have the prequels, right? But the the whole scene is very dramatic within the Star Wars universe. And it, there's no cutaway to like show a flashback or show decaying dirt or bones. None of that bullshit. It was direct actors having an actual scene dramatically done, read, acted well, scripted beautifully, fleshed out by the actors with no trickery of camera. You know, and the, the expression, the, the, the facial expression, that's what sold you on what was going on. Not like, oh, I feel the force. And it's Luke with a little, like, you know, a piece of tree, like, you know, massaging her hand or tickling her palm. Or, that, you know, that's stupid. And, oh, I see bones decaying. Thank you, Ruin Johnson, for ruining Star Wars mythology. Like, there's certain, like, things as a director you, they should not have done and kept it more to, like, the way that the originals were done. And that mm-hmm. would have tied in more. The actual pace of these new movies, which is too fast considering they're coming on as sequels to movies where the cut and the pace were done a certain way. Force Awakens almost mimicked the original trilogy's pace, where they they would have the screen wipes at a certain time. Some scenes were actually shot where they actually took their time to develop the scene that you could see where they were kind of going. But then you you ran into the J.J. Abrams, you know, school of uh, cutting, where everything just became so quick where you didn't get to, like, acknowledge what was happening from scene to scene. And that's one of the things people are complaining about this movie was, like, it's all over the place. Paces, the cut's weird. It just jumps oh, yeah. from one thing to another. It's like, it's like hyper mode. Oh. Right. It's not a, the pace. It's not that it's badly scripted in the sense that it makes no sense. It makes perfect sense what's happening. The problem is the way it's cut. It's so jumpy because it, they're trying to like do everything on a quick two or three second cut. When you have editing film, you notice like everything is done like now in two seconds, three seconds. Cut to a new scene. Cut to a new scene. Cut to a new scene. Mm-hmm. Or a new angle. Different angle. Different angle. It's like you don't take time like five, six, ten seconds on one camera shot and let the actors act. And, say and, two and, words and, and we're going to cut too. there. It's like, say two words, we're going to cut you there, change the camera angle, and then say the next two words of dialogue. That's not acting. Anybody could do that. Cause I'm gonna add, let me add to that real, real, real quick. One of the things that the previous two Star Wars movies had too was like George Lucas based those off serials like Indiana Jones. Even the prequels had that kind of in there. Like when the characters, you could feel the danger surrounding them. It was like very adventurous. And when you look at these uh, last trilogy, you didn't get that. You knew that Ray could get out of anything. That was another thing. Like you said, with the cut shots, and you see the characters, they're basically getting out of anything. When you see Empire Strike Back, you knew that they were in trouble. You knew the characters were in. You knew Luke was in danger. They tried to kind of do that in Last Jedi, but then, like you said, they did the little suicide thing with the getting off the ship and all that stuff there. But you got no sense of danger when it came to Rey. You, again, a little bit in, in The Force Awakens, 
But then you didn't get that danger like with Darth Vader. Darth Vader was coming for Luke. You can feel that when you watch Empire. Uh, even when you watch it now, you see that Darth Vader coming, stuff getting serious now because you're bringing in Darth Vader into the game. And you can see that none of the characters could beat him. So that's where you had that. You didn't get that in this last trilogy. You didn't get the Empress sort of was a threat a little bit. He kind of was like a minor threat towards the end of the movie. But you didn't get that feeling with Kylo Ren, none of the characters. You could just see Ray getting out of stuff kind of easy. That's why the issue with these, and Rebels don't even do that. Rebels, you kind of, if you guys, I don't know if you guys seen all the episodes of Rebels, but you can feel that danger with the characters. Oh, yeah. You can feel that they're yep. in trouble. You oh, can yeah. feel Rebels that they got to use their mind. Up. Rebels was more in line with the original trilogy than these new movies were. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I loved Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing. And, you know, I, I was a kid when I saw Return of the Jedi's in theaters. I, that's uh, the, one, the first one I saw. Because, you know, I was too little to see the other ones. Even though I, I was physically in theaters when Empire came out in, uh, in 1980 because my, my dad went to see it, but I was you know, a baby, so I don't, I don't recall. But uh, when Return of the Jedi came out, I was a little kid and I went to see it. Don't remember any of it pretty much because it was 83. Uh, but as I got older and I saw them in theaters when they, like, we showed them, you know, as. They would do over time because they, be, they became so big. They would do reruns locally. So I went to see all three ones. Uh, I think it was like in 87 or it was in California too, Kelly. Um, and uh, I, I went with my daddy. We saw all three in, in the theaters. And one thing I noticed right off the bat was, um, you know, the, the way these movies are done and shot, if you, if you think about storyline-wise, when they have the uh, the story arc that it skips certain you know years and numbers you know and, and you go from one timeline to the next to the next and you build that tension uh, it, like you're talking about building the tension and the shots and all that stuff and rebels did that perfectly in a lot of the, like the shots because they allowed the actors to, and even it's a cartoon which is crazy but they allow the cartoons to have those moments of interaction where like they're well, you can feel like they're having character development. And it's not just mm-hmm. like giving them the quick powers. Now, I didn't mind that with Ray so much because, okay, she's a, a forced dyad with uh, with Kylo Ren. So whatever he knows, she eventually is going to learn. You know, or, uh, when they connect, she already, like, she downloads it. Fine, you could, you could add that as a force power. But they added too much shit and not enough drama behind it. And then they try to add, like, the, the force Skyping. That was fucking stupid. Now you can pull things within the force by Skyping? Really? Like, you give them a lightsaber. To the, like, that, really? You can do that? You know, like, not even Yoda could do that shit. You, are you going to tell me that Kylo Ren could do that? That Ray could do that? Like, none of that made any sense. So, and that's like, they went a little too far. They should have really stuck with what Rebels did, where, like, they didn't go, like, out of the way to, like, jump the shark that badly. That's why Rebels feels more like the original trilogy, because, like, where they explored different things, like the Grey Jedi, the world between worlds. Even that's kind of keeping with Lucas' idea of the wills and the world within worlds. It's kind of like his idea. So, like, you, you see it, and you're like, okay, that feels more Star Wars-esque than what we're getting now. Because now it's like they're just throwing, like, things in there, like, oh, see, this works, and they're like, that shit. Like, wait a second, slow your ass down. That wasn't part of, you know, what Star Wars has been, you know, that we know about. 
You know, it's not like they created time travel through, like, some machine or something. No, they actually give you a reason why there is a way to time travel. It was created by the gods, basically, as a way to control the the timeline. And the worlds are like the the voice of the gods, which is where Lucas is kind of going with that. They control, like, the universe and the galaxy for whatever the god being is. That's kind of like the idea that he was going with. And if you follow that mythology, first of all, it's better mythology than what they were doing with the, with the ship now. It, it fits yeah. in more with everything. Even the, the follow-up with the original trilogy, it brings in everything back into into canon. And then, again, that's why Rebels and Rogue One and that feels more, even Rogue One, when you watch that, it feels more like the original trilogy not because it looks more like like a New Hope, but because even the way it's shot, cut, the pacing of is more like the original you know, original trilogy. And the great thing about Darth Vader, going back to that part of the conversation earlier, um, the reason why he was such a great character, and I didn't lose my train of thought. I know you guys probably like, where the fuck is going? No, like the reason Darth Vader was such a cool character and why he stood the test of time to like he's still the most badass cinematic character ever. Look up at the, the generation that saw him in the seventies and eighties. From the moment he came on screen in nineteen seventy seven, fans knew that was the ultimate bad guy in the galaxy. From the mm-hmm. moment he shows mm-hmm. up and the, the the door opens up and he walks through and then you hope for the very first scene, everybody's like, Holy shit, that is bad as fuck. And, like, you know, he had the presence of evil. He had the look. You didn't have to know anything about his backstory to know that that motherfucker was a bad motherfucker. Like, just the the way he moved, the way he walked, the way he, like, you know, his swag, if you want to call it that, was just, like, pure, like, he embodied evil. So when he dealt with the princess or he forced choked somebody, whatever he did was fucking mind-blowing. But now you watch it, and you're like, all right, Kylo Ren, yeah, he could, you know, okay, cool, he knows how to get a lightsaber to the Force. That's cool. But can he, well, he can Force choke, too, he can, he can stop, you know, a gun raise in the middle of the year. That, that's cool. But it's not, it doesn't have that effect like Darth Vader had when he simply, like, Force choked somebody. And then that's because of the way he acted it out. And even in Rogue One, my favorite scene in the entire movie is when he's talking to um, Krennic, and he, he tells him, "Oh yeah, careful! Don't you, you don't uh, you might choke on your aspirations." And he chokes him, and he just turns around. That whole sequence, I love that because that's a, a throwback to the original way the Force was used. Like he was so powerful, like he didn't need, like he just looked at him and he started choking him. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that, there's more emotion behind that. Go ahead, go ahead. Throw this in too, real quick. So I'm gonna throw this one point in here for you, Azad. What weakened Kylo Ren is the fans, because the fans want him to have a puppet master. What was fascinating yeah. about Darth Vader back in the '80s and the late '70s? I'm glad you said that. Was we didn't think Darth Vader had a master. That was the thing. We thought Darth Vader was the master of the whole galaxy, the way he behaved, even with Tarkin. 
you just like you said, you see it was his ultimate evil, the uniform, how he talked, the dialogue. So you really didn't really trip on him having a master. But we can count on Ren was we knew he had a master. Once we seen Snoke and we and even though he killed Snoke in the second movie, I just think Kylo was already weakened because you showed that he had some sort of uh force over him. Which Darth yeah. Vader, you've seen the Emperor by Return of the Jedi. We did get the Emperor finally. No, but here, here's the thing. Here, but here's the thing, and not to catch up, but let me just, before I forget, mm -hmm. and, and I really lose train of thought, because this is a good point to your point there. That's a great point, but here's where we're kind of wrong on this. Because remember when he's choking that dude in A New Hope, when the, when Grandma of Tarkin tells him, Vader, release him. He's like, as you wish. Meaning that while oh, yeah. Darth Vader is the, uh, you know, the, the Padawan or the, he's the second in command to the Emperor, generally speaking, when it comes to military tactics, Grand Moff Tarkin outranks Vader. Cause he's telling him what to do. So, you know, Vader has his limits and he respects Grand Moff Tarkin. So when he says, Vader, release him. And he says it with a tone of voice where if Vader was on record, I'd be like, bitch, I'll choke force you too if you tell me what to do. But he doesn't do that. He says, as you wish. Meaning that he knows that, hey, listen, I might be the second in command when it comes to being a Sith, but that's Grand Moff Tarkin. And he, you know, generally, he's in command. So, the, you know, and it makes, now it makes Tarkin look even more like a badass. That's when you saw him in Rogue agree. One. Agree. When you see him in Rogue One, you're like, oh shit, they brought him back. Like, dude, I swear, when I saw Rogue One in theaters, the moment he comes on the screen, everybody's like, oh shit, that's, that's Grand Moff Tarkin. And then you see him in the, uh, you see his back, and everybody's like, cause you can actually hear people whispering, and, and next to me, they were like, they're not going to show him that. It's going to be just the back, right? And then when they actually showed him doing dialogue, everybody's like, holy shit! Like, they, brought, they were mind-blown by just the fact that they incorporated him. The dialogue seemed like him. The CGI, was, I thought it was beautifully considering Yeah, it was with some of the team. best CGI they've ever done. I've ever seen, yeah. It was gorgeous the way they did yeah. it. That we should do, do, do more with him because it was perfect. The way I, I, and now with the, the way special effects are getting you know, better and better in that direction, I say bring Grand Moff Tarkin in, in anything you can. That'd be brilliant. I mean, he's a great character, and the way that they showed him in Rogue One, it was perfectly done. But like his character is more badass because of the yeah. fact that you know you, you look at him and he looks like regular all scrawny human, but even Vader respected him. And Vader is such an incredible badass that if he respects that guy, that guy must be really fucking bad as fuck, no matter what he looks like. Now in the new trilogy, if somebody respects uh, Kylo Ren, eh, who really? It's like, eh, who cares? It's like, and they also like fucked you, and it was funny, but like the comedy skits they did for TV. Where he plays a funny yeah. version of Kylo Ren, even that kind of like ruins the character. Because now you see him in the movie, and like I think about that those comedy skits, so the, the character yeah, kind of cheapens. The the, the uh, undercover boss skits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny, and I and I laughed, and I think the two the two skits they were really funny as Kylo Ren. But when you watch that, and then you go watch him in the movie, you're like, eh, not. That'll feel the threat. 
You know, I don't feel like that tension anymore. It's not like when Vader walked in there like he force choked somebody. There's that tension that builds up. And Rogue One nailed it. The sequel trilogy, not at all. Completely like, goofed it up. Yeah, they goofed it up because he, he, like I say, in the beginning of Force Awakens, he was kind of a little threat. But once the event kind of kicked his ass and he let Ray kick his ass the first movie, that was it. That was it yeah. for Kylo. That was the only thing about Force Awakens that was urban. Was he let Finn fight him off with Ray, whereas in uh, New Hope, and I'm not trying to compare the movies, but when you see New Hope, when you see Vader, they, he tells the, uh, Vader fight Obi-Wan, you know, the others have to go. You know, they're going. It's not Luke and Obi-Wan fighting Vader, something dumb like that, you know, because, you know, you got this old Jedi Master taking on his former student, so it made more sense. But once you've seen Finn and Rey do it, this is like, come on, man, you know, and he's supposed to be a, a, a alleged Sith Lord, and he gets defeated. And I sometimes think that's why Ryan Johnson did that second movie the way he did it, because he was trying to rectify Force Awakens, but then he made it worse because then you call yourself, you know, making Kylo go all over the place. And I just think they're not a follow-up. I think that Disney had Eagle. I think that Bob Iger had kind of a baby Eagle, and he thought that he could self-produce his own movie. And I think that that's where he felt at. He thought he could do it himself. He didn't need Lucas' help. Uh, and I think that he failed. He could. You know, he could. The, the big mistake was letting Ryan Johnson do his own mm-hmm. thing without having him check with the story group and having to check with J.J. and really follow the script, the way they were heading, and actually had a story arc that made sense. Uh, and, and something J.J. said that it was an idea from the beginning, and they didn't follow through on it. And I think that he wasn't lying about this, because if you watch Force Awakens, it makes perfect sense. And then the announced later, this was an idea they was going with, was Finn was supposed to be Force-sensitive. He was supposed to tell yeah. Ray in the middle of the movie that he could feel the Force. And that's how he was able to defend himself with the lightsaber, not because he's trained, but because he was helped by the Force. Remember, there's certain things that when you're awakened by the Force, where all of a sudden you have a, a skill set that you just, it's just there, you don't know how you're doing it, you're just doing it. You know, and, and you don't know what's going on. But then you start realizing, oh, once you, that you know what the Force is, then you start understanding, that's why I can do this. That's why I can move an object with my, with my mind without, you know, knowing what it was. I can just kind of do that. And and him like, being able to defend himself, remember, he's a stormtrooper. So he has weapon training. And we don't know how good he is at weapon fighting, but we know, you know he knows how to defend himself. There was that one stormtrooper that had that weapon, which is kind of like a lightsaber. That, remember, they, when he yells, traitor! Yeah. And he has a cool weapon. So we know they know how to fight with, with armed com- you know, combat. So if you know that already going in, it makes kind of sense that he'll be able to handle himself with a weapon like a lightsaber if he's Force-sensitive. And it's something that like, he feels as is part of the awakening in the Force. That will, it, it will make perfect sense also why he runs into Rey, because the Force brings them together. The, the Force what what brought them together and united the, the new group. I would have made that all three of them, the Holy Trinity of this trilogy would have been Roe, I mean, Paul, Ray, and Finn, right? That would have been a, a, a perfect trilogy. Uh, that would have been a perfect trinity of all three of them being Force-sensitive. And, and you could say they're all kind of like a little bit of Luke in a way. 
Poe is like um, an amazing pilot, like Anakin and Luke was, right? And because of the Force, he's the greatest pilot in the galaxy. He never knew he was Force sensitive, but now he like he has the awakening of the Force. And then you have Finn, who was a stormtrooper, but he also was taken as a kid. He didn't know what the Force was until it awakened in him. You have the Force awakens in Finn, and then Rey, who was a scavenger. She didn't know her place in the universe, but then all of a sudden she's, you know, thrown into this mission, which was her destiny anyway, it was written within, you know, the, the, the tale of the wills, that she was going to be the one that brings balance to the force. And then this is also explains why Yoda and the prequels, we're talking about how they may have misread the prophecy of the chosen one. Maybe Anakin wasn't the chosen one, but because of his actions and the actions of his seeds, it leads to the chosen one, which brings balance to the force, which would be right. And it follows the mental dramatic story type telling that, you know, the domino effect, the, the, the historical aspect of learn from history or you're bound to repeat it. And now because of the historical, the things that happen in the prequels, they, you know, continue in the originals. And now Ray is the chosen one to stop it and be the actual one that brings balance to, the, to everything, to the, the entire galaxy. That would have been a beautiful way to tie it in. But, of course, you know, they had no structure in this trilogy. So you kind of had, like, just ideas, like his spaghetti thrown to a wall. See what sticks, mm-hmm. and we'll go with that. I agree. <laughs> At that point, I agree with you. Everything you said, I, I can't really rebut what you just said. I can't answer. You just answered everything that I've been saying for a while. <laughs> So, you know, at the end of the day, I guess we got to rely on cartoons yeah. uh, that's coming on. And, uh, you know, I'm going to give a shout-out, too, on here real quick to this uh, Star Wars website on uh, YouTube, Star Wars Lore. Anybody want to check it out? Uh, you know, if anybody's in my group, I'll post it. But I think you've seen some of them, Jack, on the videos I post, Star Wars Lore, where they talk about stuff that's canon and legends. It's a very, 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 very good uh, YouTube channel, you know, if you are anybody interested in Star Wars or they want to read books or animation or get into the gaming, I think that Star Wars lore is very, outside of the Jackal anyway, the Jackal knows the Star Wars stuff, but if you got listen to Jackal, that Star Wars lore is a very good, uh, I don't know if I've ever been on that channel, but you know, it's a very good uh, YouTube channel, you know, they got stuff, different tidbits about the Emperor, they got tidbits of Anakin, tidbits of the war, you go deeper into some stuff that, you know, you wouldn't see on film. And they, you know, these guys and young men, they got it together when it comes to Star Wars stuff. So I, I thought that's a good channel. Yeah, that's a good page. That's a good one. There's a, there's a couple of different Star Wars pages uh, that are the Star Wars Insider. It's a, a good site also. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of really cool ones uh, online. The, the thing is, a lot of them, like, tend to get, like, into, like, the heavy uh, beefing that's going on now, like, the toxic fans have attacked those websites too, so I kind of like I started oh, yeah, staying away from yeah. I started t- staying away from that shit. It, it pisses me off, man. Like I'm a Star Wars fan, and yet some I don't agree with some of the shit. Like story wise, I thought the, the the sequels were a mess. But I sit there and I'm like, okay, this is not my idea. But why am I gonna be here and like nitpick somebody else's idea? They went with what they thought. I'm not part of the story group. I have to enjoy it or not enjoy it. But that's a good point. You know? Yeah, to, you know, this is what they came up with, you know, like, unfortunately, I'm not involved in the creative process, you know, and everybody wants, the, that's the, the real, like, problem with today is, like, people all want their, their, their movies to be their way. It's either my way or it sucks. 
Well, you didn't say that in the 70s and 80s when George Lucas did them, but you did that in the prequels, not the sequels. And then you, you literally, because of the toxic, you know, the toxic nature of the fans, you made the creators sell the fucking company so that when the sequels come out, you bitch more, and now you're like, wanted the creator to come back like, careful what you wish for. You wanted him gone? He left. <laughs> now you want him back. Pick up your fucking mind. When he comes back, and when he comes back, he should he should pursue his idea about the wills and to- and totally blow everybody's mind. Yeah, I mean, who knows? It might have been a brilliant idea. You know, one, one other thing, and and this is something that they could pursue also as a way to reboot if they want to do that. Remember, George Lucas came out with a, a book called The Star Wars, which was like a different kind of like angle of the Star Wars story, and it was like a, a not so much angle, but a completely different like narration of like the uh, the storyline uh, with the same characters basically, but like different like character um, story yeah, the like sto- lineage. The Star Wars is, is it's actually quite different from what we yeah know. it really is very and, like rebooted like it's more, that, like, you know. it's more like Flash Gordon than Star Wars. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if they would do something like that, like, say, for, like, uh, streaming instead of, like, the big theater experience, that would be kind of cool. Like, the Star Wars, you know, like, the alternate version. And, uh, like, hell, I'll be down to see that. That would be something different. That would, too. Yeah, like, Lucas, uh, like, the one thing I'll give give Lucas, at least he tries different things with each of the trilogies, like, that he did. And, like, he was in a fit to try different things. But still try to stay within the canon of what he set up. And even if you watch the prequels, you don't see like crazy things like them explaining something and showing you visually what they're explaining or like, you know, like they're, like the bones decaying when she's still in the forest. I go back to that because that pisses me off every time I, I see that in The Last Jedi. Like you don't see shit like that in the prequels. You know, it's it's a very lineage shot movie. Uh, the only thing is like too heavy on CGI, but when you have like actual dialogue, this is one thing that fans bitch about. I'm like, why are you bitching? This is how the originals were. When they bitch about like little Anakin talking to Padme and uh, and Tatooine, and uh, and he's like, are you an angel? And he's having the whole conversation with her. You know, you know that conversation is like. A kid talking to a person he just met who's damn beautiful. Like he's looking at her like through the eyes of a kid who's looking at a girl who he thinks is beautiful, and that's how kids talk. You know, like, like yippee, kids say shit like that. Like he was very true to like you know, the way kids speak. They Even ruined in the that kids, far away. They ruined that kid's life. <laughs> they they did, him. and I thought he was good. Like I had no issues whatsoever with him. The only issue I had with the prequels was Jar Jar Binks. That's it. That's the only character that I was like, "Ah, you went too far with that character." But oh, I that, love like, when I love when George Lucas said he was the key to the whole thing. I love that. Yeah, guy. but he, in a sense, he, it was kind of true because if you could make that character work and like make him universally loved, then those movies would have been loved from the beginning. But he was such a, a badly like thought out character that people just hated him. But it's funny now that. The kids grew up with those movies as the movies they saw first. Guess what? Jar Jar Binks, not as hated anymore by the new generation. A lot of kids actually love Jar Jar. Ahmed Best is getting his own TV show. 
on the Disney uh, stream because people like him and like you know they they love Jar Jar now. Like he's making a retro comeback, which is funny as shit. You know, like but we get that because kids they grew up with the originals and the prequels. Otherwise, they're like are you know giving them the pass. But us, you know, older fans, when we saw the prequels, we were like, what the fuck did you do there, George? But that thing, that, you know, as a fan, that was the only nitpick I had. And it, even that didn't really stop me from enjoying the prequels because I, I got it. I was like, okay, that's for the kids. In the future, that's going to be how the kids are going to be sucked into or indoctrinated, I should say, into love and Star Wars because they're going to grow up with that character. That's why you saw like the kiddie toys were all Jar Jar Binks in 1999. All the plush toys and all that shit were usually Jar Jar Binks. That's what you saw in stores. As the merchandise came out, it was a lot of Jar Jar shit. Because that's a cutesy character. That's one thing Lucas did brilliantly in all the And now movies. Baby Yoda has trumped it all, bro. Yeah, <laughs> Baby Yoda is saving Star Wars for generations. Yeah. <laughs> bro, they tried that with the Porg and... BB-8, and they tried to cutesy of the sequels. Even the the new cast, when they asked them, like, what do you like better, the Porgs or Baby Yoda? Everybody's like, Baby Yoda. That character will literally save the franchise. And he's, you know, like the H lore, so you could have him there for like you 10 have, years. Because you have that universal appeal. You have yeah. the people that aren't even into Star Wars that are going to watch The Mandalorian and are going to like it because of Baby Yoda. Well, with that said, uh, guys, the Force will be with us. Always. Always. Good night, bro. <laughs> Take care, brother. All right, peace. Peace.